Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. The Balancing Hormones Naturally Free Challenge is back for the last time this year. If you have never done one of my challenges, think about it as a crossover between a webinar and a challenge. The reason being, I do a lot of training, so you are going to learn a lot, but also I call it a challenge because every single day you walk away with things that you need to start implementing that day. So it's not just something where you sit there and you go, oh, that's cool. I learned something new, but then you don't do anything about it. And so you don't see any positive improvement. I'm a firm believer that knowledge is power, but along with that goes implementation. You know, you can know all of the things, but if you don't implement them, you're not going to see any differences. So I give you actionable steps that you can take in the challenge. So I'm very excited for you. If you are listening to this podcast, you want to be in the challenge. It's linked directly in the show notes. So literally, if you are listening and you're not driving your car, just scroll down, find it, sign up. We start September 11th. If you are driving, please don't do that because I don't want you to crash and I want you to be safe, but do it as soon as you are parked. Go ahead, sign up. You will get an email um, asking you what your biggest hormonal issues are so I can make sure the challenge is as tailored as possible to everybody that is joining. So please respond to that email. If you don't get an email right away, check your spam. Um, You can shoot me a message on Instagram, Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G, and I can help figure that out for you. If you have hormonal migraines, if you have hormonal acne, you have painful periods, you have heavy periods, you have mood swings, PCOS, PMDD, your cycle's just gone. You don't know what happened to it. It's super irregular. You get super bloated. You just feel like your health is a treasure hunt and you're constantly not able to find the treasure, you can't put the pieces together, you are just confused, you want the free challenge, okay? So they are going to be live. They are going to be on Zoom. Um, you can 100% leave your camera off if you want to, but you, can, I would highly recommend being on there live and asking all the questions. And it's always so fun to see all the women that come on and you guys are rapidly taking notes and asking questions and it's women from all over the world and it's really really cool so anyway scroll down link in the show notes and shoot me a message once you are signed up so I can celebrate with you hey ladies I'm excited to chat with you about progesterone this is always one of the most wildly talked about I feel like in the holistic world because So many times women have issues with low progesterone. And so we're constantly, you know, what should we do to raise it naturally? And there's a few different things that we need to cover. A, we need to understand what progesterone is. We need to understand how we produce it. Um, 
And then there's a few different ways that we can go about supporting it. So that's going to be lifestyle. That's going to be supplements. That's going to be, you know, figuring out what's going on. So um, let's dive right on in and get started. So progesterone is a sex hormone. It is made from pregnenolone. I think the best way to describe pregnenolone is the mother hormone from which other hormones come from. And a lot of symptoms of low progesterone are brown spotting, painful periods, really heavy periods, PMS, anxiety, um, you know, bloating before your period. And when I'm looking at progesterone in a, on a Dutch test, which is going to be um, testing the metabolites, you will see the B pregnenodile and A pregnenodile. And the reason why I find this to be very useful when I'm looking at this is that B pregnenodile is the most abundant in the human body, but it's the A pregnenodile that helps with your sleep and anxiety. So that is specifically actually been correlated with PMDD, having lower A pregnenodile. So you don't see this on a blood test. You would see this in a urine panel, like on the Dutch test. And the reason why I say that is I have seen a lot of Dutch panels where B pregnenodile will be really, really high and A pregnenodile will be very, very low. But so then that average for your progesterone is normal, right? And we already know there's a difference between normal and optimal. But again, seeing that breakdown is really helpful because then you're like, well, <laughs> This explains why my progesterone levels are normal, even though I struggle with sleeping, I struggle with anxiety, or I have PMDD, you know, all of those types of things. So that's something to kind of, you know, pay attention to when you're dealing with testing. And we're going to, we're going to dive a little bit more into testing in a second, but I want to talk a little bit more about the importance of progesterone. Okay. So we talked about a lot of symptoms that go along with progesterone. And one really, really big one is low progesterone can cause infertility. And that is where I think we get very caught up in with progesterone. We tend to think if I'm not trying to get pregnant, I haven't struggled with um, getting pregnant or miscarriages, then I don't need to worry about my progesterone. We tend to just lump it into the fertility category and pregnancy, you know, because we always think about it there. And yes, progesterone levels are so, so, so important for getting pregnant and sustaining that pregnancy um, because progesterone, um, like low progesterone, you know, can definitely be associated with some early term miscarriages, unfortunately. But there's also so much that progesterone does. Progesterone really affects your moods. Progesterone affects your digestion. Progesterone affects anxiety. It affects your heavy periods. And so we tend to just kind of not worry about it, you know, until we're trying to get pregnant, right? And then you're 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 entering this stage of trying to get pregnant. When we could have been working on all of these things a long time ago, but then on top of that, if we're just working on them right now in terms of a health standpoint, you're going to have a much happier life because you're not going to be dealing with all of these symptoms, right? The American College of Obst 
obstetrics. Oh my gosh, why is that so hard to say? And gynecology said that your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign. So when you're thinking about your progesterone and your period, you want to be looking at them as a sign of your health, your fertility, and a sign of your fertility is a sign of good health, okay? So when things are off with progesterone levels, you know, things are off with your period, that's telling us that something is going on. That's your red flag to go, hey, what on earth is going on in my body? Let me dig deeper. Let me see what what I can do to support this. And I really encourage you when you have symptoms like this, even if you don't have symptoms of this, support your body, support these hormones because hormones are later in the cascade of symptoms. You know, when you start having hormonal symptoms and when you start having bad periods, there is so much going on upstream that's causing that, right? And we tend to go, oh, hormones are the issue. Hormones being off is because something is causing them to be off, right? So you have to go farther upstream. So by the time we're having hormonal symptoms, by the time we're having period issues, things have gone off track much farther upstream, okay? So really use your 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 period, your cycle as your fifth vital sign to be like, hey, what on earth is going on, okay? So we already know, you know, we know where progesterone is coming from. Um, and I also want to touch on pregnenolone um, because that comes from cholesterol. So yes, you do have to get those good fats in. This is also just something to know if you've recently gone through menopause, why you may see a difference in your cholesterol levels because you aren't making the same amount of hormones anymore, which are coming from cholesterol. So just an interesting, you know, connection to kind of touch base on for you there. Okay. So we know where progesterone comes from and how do we make it? Well, we make it by ovulating. So when you ovulate, that follicle that released the egg forms what's called the corpus luteum and that's what produces your progesterone. If you are postmenopausal, it's your adrenals that are producing progesterone. And we'll either touch on that a little bit later in this episode, or we'll have to make a whole episode for progesterone and postmenopausal. So the corpus luteum is what is producing your progesterone. Okay. So this is where knowing where you are in your cycle is so important when you are going to get your hormones tested. Okay. Because if you get your hormones tested on like cycle day three, they're going to tell you, wow, you have really low progesterone. Well, no, duh, you have really low progesterone. You haven't ovulated yet and you aren't going to be producing it. Or maybe you'll be told I need to come in on cycle day 19 to get your progesterone. And that's going off the mythical cycle that's always 28 days and you always ovulate on cycle day 14. Well, if you you ovulate on cycle day 18 and you get your blood drawn and your progesterone tested on cycle day 19, well, of course it's going to tell you you have low progesterone. You literally just ovulated. So you want to get your progesterone tested five to seven days after ovulation, which means you do want to be tracking your cycle so that you can confirm ovulation. By the way, 
I'm going to tell you, if you are not signed up for the free challenge, the Balancing Hormones Naturally Free Challenge, we are diving deeper into this under understanding your cycle and you can ask all the questions and tracking your cycle. So go to the link in the show notes, sign up for that. But um, that's why tracking is so, 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 so important because you have to test at the right time. So a lot of times if your progesterone levels are off, it could simply be that you are um, testing at the wrong time. Okay. And then on top of that, um, let's say your progesterone levels are off or your progesterone levels are normal, um, but you still have all of these symptoms. Why would that be? Okay. Well, number one, progesterone could be getting up high enough and that's when you test it, but then it's dropping too fast. It's not staying up high enough for long enough. Secondly, um, progesterone pulses. So you could just have gotten it at a, after a good pulse and you know, it looks great, but it's just not sustaining those levels. You also could have progesterone that's literally at optimal levels, but estrogen is too high in relation to it. You're not um, metabolizing and detoxing your estrogen very well. And so then, of course, you're going to have all these symptoms of low progesterone, but is it a progesterone issue or is it a estrogen issue? Okay. So that's important to know when you're going into, um, when you're going into testing, and this is something I do with all of my clients is we do look at labs, we look at these labs, but then also I'm looking at their symptoms and you have to put those puzzle pieces together. You can't just be like labs. Okay. I'm going to put you on X, Y, Z, you know, and no, let's also look at the symptoms and correlate and see what's going on. Put these puzzle pieces together. Okay. And then I also want to touch on Another symptom of really low progesterone is a luteal phase insufficiency. So after you ovulate, you are producing your progesterone and we are in what is called your luteal phase. Now we really do like that to be 12 to 14 days, okay? Now, it if it's shorter than that, that is going to get clue you in that you're going to have lower progesterone, but also that can make it hard to get pregnant because you aren't having that progesterone up long enough, you know, to support implantation and to support um, the baby because your corpus luteum is what produces that progesterone in that first trimester until it passes off the progesterone production to the placenta. Okay, so having that really strong ovulation, that strong corpus luteum is really going to impact your fertility um, and because of implantation and progesterone production there. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. Again, when you are supporting progesterone is we're actually supporting egg quality and the strength of that corpus luteum because that's what's producing our progesterone. So what you're doing right now is going to affect your period, your corpus luteum three cycles from now because of your 90-day follicle journey. So again, you have to be so consistent. You have to be so consistent, okay? So we have talked about what progesterone is, where it comes from, how you produce it, symptoms of low progesterone, um, when to test for progesterone. So why is it low? Well, number one, it can literally just be low because you aren't ovulating. So this is if you have PCOS or you have irregular cycles, this is a very good explanation as to why you have low progesterone. You literally aren't ovulating, so we're not producing it, right? And so then what you have to do is then we need to figure out why 
do I have low progesterone? And or why am I not ovulating? You know, is this insulin resistance? Is this excess testosterone? Um, is it just stress? Is it lack of minerals? You know, what is affecting my ovulation? Is it a thyroid issue? Okay, so that is 100% where we need to start. What's affecting ovulation? What's suppressing ovulation? Now, this is my big bone, and this is very controversial, but this is my big bone to pick with the functional world, is that progesterone cream is handed out like candy. Now, let me let me explain this because this can really just make people angry. I feel like, you know, you come from conventional medicine, you come to the holistic world and you have all these symptoms of low progesterone and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We tested your hormones. We did all of the things. Let's put you on progesterone cream. Okay. That doesn't solve the issue as to why we have low progesterone in the first place. Okay. So that's not solving our issue. Those symptoms are going to crop up elsewhere. Now, let me be very clear about something. If you are pregnant and you have low progesterone, you get your tush to the doctor and you get on progesterone. Okay. This is not the time to like, be like, I'm going to try and raise this naturally because your corpus luteum is already formed at that point. It's already producing the amount of progesterone it's going to be producing. Right. But if you are not pregnant and you are cycling and we're trying to fix this issue, going on progesterone cream isn't solving the issue. It's literally just a band-aid. It's like this little holistic band-aid. And I have had so many women get be able to get off progesterone cream because we fix the issue. We fix the issue. And the other thing to think about is a lot of times you'll get put on progesterone cream or progestin or anything like that if you are not cycling um, to get a withdrawal bleed, you know, to protect uterine health, which if you haven't had a withdrawal bleed, um, you haven't had a period in a really, really long time, that's definitely something to check in with your doctor, check in with your provider. You want to say, okay, you know, for uterine health, like let's shed this lining, let's see, you know, what's going on. But just cycling progesterone instead of, again, figuring out why we aren't ovulating still is not fixing the issue. You know, for that moment and that time, you know, of protecting uterine health, if it's something you need to do as you're digging deeper, you know, do that, you know, always, always be safe first, but you still need to keep digging. I find that um, women will just take the progesterone cream They'll start it on cycle day 15. They'll take it for 15 days. You know, they'll have a withdrawal bleed and they're like, oh, everything's normal. Everything's back to good. But you still aren't ovulating, right? And then the other thing to think about is think about just, and I don't think we often make this connection, is that progesterone birth control, which is actually progesterone birth control, can suppress ovulation right? So if you are not ovulating and you are just taking um, progesterone cream, obviously before you are ovulating, that can affect you actually ovulating, okay? So just something to keep in mind, you know, I think that we go, oh, it's natural, it's bioidentical, it's not going to have XYZ. Well, well, you know, something to keep in mind there, okay?
It's really, really important. And I just really can't stress this enough that no matter what you choose to do in your health, it's your health, be your strongest advocate. I encourage you to keep digging deeper. Okay. I cannot tell you the amount of women that have, you know, permanently been on, um, progesterone and, um, they're, they've just been on it for years, cycling it. And they have all of these horrible issues if they ever come off it. And after starting working with them, they don't need it anymore. And the issues are gone because when we figure out what's causing the low progesterone, that's the game changer. So, um, I want to share with you, I actually have a client who, um, she, whenever she would get pregnant, um, unfortunately she would have a lot of miscarriages. And when she was working with a doctor, she did eventually get an amazing doctor that she worked very closely with. And she had to get so many progesterone in, in, um, injections. And it was just crazy the amount of support that she needed to, get this progesterone up. And after we started working together, you know, we were able to lengthen her cycle. We were able to regulate her cycle. You know, she was able to lose weight, you know, her acne cleared up, um, you know, mood was better, all of these things. And then she did get pregnant and her progesterone is so much more stable. And that really just speaks to her being putting that work in, you know, and supporting. So I have countless stories of this. So it's really, um, I just encourage you to dig deeper. Progesterone cream isn't going to fix your issues because it isn't fixing the issue as to why your progesterone is low in the first place. Okay. So ovulating number reason why you have low progesterone, right? So, um, if you are, in that category, I encourage you to go listen to the episode um, on what to do when your period is gone or missing, okay? Now, let's say you are regularly ovulating and you have low progesterone. What can cause that? Stress is a really big one, okay? And we'll dive into that. Thyroid um, disorder, mineral deficiencies, endocrine disruptors, dioxins, um, not eating enough the level of like estrogen to progesterone, um, endometriosis. And I really want to just quickly touch on cell sensitivity to progesterone. So you can have progesterone resistant cells. And typically that goes hand in hand with estrogen sensitive cells, where this is where someone would have completely normal, optimal levels of progesterone and completely optimal, normal levels of estrogen. But at a cellular level, your progesterone cells are just like, mm, what do we do with that? We, we don't know how to do that, but very overly sensitive to estrogen. Okay. One of the big causes of this is dioxins. Okay. So I'm going to encourage you to go listen to, here we go. Another episode where we dive deeper into this and it is the episode on endometriosis. So go back, listen to that one. Um, it was done I think the tail end of 2022 or the first episode of 2023, we'll link it in the show notes. Um, because that is a whole, you know, other, um, other topic that we can, you know, touch on. Another thing that I want to um, touch on actually, which I don't think we listen or hear about enough is melatonin actually. So <laughs> really high melatonin can actually, affect your ovaries producing enough progesterone. 
Now, um, did you know that melatonin is primarily made in your gut? Only a very small amount is made by the pineal gland at nighttime. So if we have a ton of melatonin production, we want to see what's going on in the gut. Okay. So is there literally inflammation? Um, I like to call it fire in the gut when things are just out of control down there. And that can be a big one. Another really big cause for um, really high melatonin is mycotoxins. So those are the toxins um, produced by mold. So if you've had mold exposure, currently living in mold, and I know that sounds crazy, but um, there is a percentage of the population, about 25%, who cannot detox mycotoxins by themselves. And you literally have the mycotoxins just populating and growing inside you. It's kind of disgusting. Um, but that's 100% going to be affecting your hormones, right? And I see two camps with um, mold whenever I'm dealing with this with clients. I'll have clients with like an overdrive of all the hormones of the inflammation. Your body's like, what is going on? And then I have clients where it this has been going on for a really long time and it's just chronically like no hormones, no hormones being produced. It's just like none, done, gone. Okay. So really when you're dealing with low progesterone, you have a lot of areas that you can look into as to what is causing this for you. Okay. We're going to take a quick moment for today's sponsor. There is a mushroom for every single moment of my life, just depending on which mood I'm in and what kind of support I need. So I need more focus. I need more energy. There's a mushroom for that. I need to relax. I want to focus on better sleep. There's a mushroom for that. And the cool thing about mushrooms is that they're a food. So you probably aren't going to be catching me eating mushrooms. The texture just grosses me out but I will take them in a capsule. And I have been loving Aversio Wellness mushrooms because of the therapeutic dosage that I can get from them in a small amount of capsules, which is just a game changer for me. So I want to share with you um, why I use certain ones and how they're helping and how they've been helping um, other people in my life. So I actually, Landon's been taking them. I've been using them with Landon for immune support. So that's been really, really great. Um, my husband's been taking them because he's a runner. He does marathons. So he's been using them to support him there and his immune system. So I'm going to tell you how we've been using them. So in the morning, I like to do the Awaken blend, which is cordyceps, lion's mane, and um, turkey tail. Now, if I don't do uh, a half a teaspoon of that in my coffee, I will take them separately in a capsules, but they do have the Awaken blend, which is a, literally a powder. You can just plop it right into your coffee. And so much energy, so much focus, and then turkey tails coming in with that massive immune support there. Cordyceps is so good for energy. But on top of that, cordyceps is so good at just supporting um, and increasing your ATP, which is the main energy currency in ourselves. So I never thought I would be so obsessed with cordyceps before. I always heard of cordyceps as like the guy's mushroom. It helps with performance. It helps with um, like uh, athletes. And so I just kind of wrote that off. But no, women, we want cordyceps. Okay, you want cordyceps. Um, lion's mane for focus and brain support. So I always do that one in the morning. 
And then um, in the middle of the afternoon-ish is when I change up my blends. So I've been using the Rejuvenate blend, which has Chaga, Tremella, it has lion's mane, mataki, and shiitake mushrooms, so very good for blood sugar support. Again, you come in there with the immune support. Um, chaga is an amazing antioxidant. Tremella is um, good for your brain. It's so good for your skin. So I will take that and put that um, in, like if I make a smoothie, or I'll put it in my oats. But this one is the has the least bitter flavor. It's very, very mild. So I actually put this one in smoothies for Landon or popsicles for Landon. Um, and it's a great way to support his immune system as well. So that's how I've been bringing that in for him. And then, and if I do not do the blend, I typically will take chaga and tremella in about the middle of the day. If I just need more focus, if I'm gonna work in the afternoon, um, I'll bring in another lion's mane. And then um, at nighttime, I take reishi. Now, if you are wanting a blend at nighttime, I would highly recommend the Balance Blend, and you can make your own type of like protein hot chocolate, mushroom hot chocolate, because Balance Blend has reishi, lion's mane, mataki, and shiitake, which is an oyster, I believe, or is that one in rejuvenate? And those are so good for your blood sugar as well. So what a great way to like wind down at the end of the day. So if you are someone who's really stressed, like if you think about what is your biggest thing that you would want support from with mushrooms, start there. So if you feel like everything goes back to stress, do reishi. If you just feel like you sleep really well, but you need more energy and you need more focus, maybe you need to start with lion's mane or you need to start with cordyceps. So no matter what you wear, what and where you want to start, there's a mushroom for that. So if you go to Aversio Wellness, so E-V-E-R-S-I-O Wellness, you can use my name Leah to get 15% off your order. And you know that you're going to be getting certified organic, third-party tested, fruit and body only, all of the good things. You know I've got you with the good stuff. And let's come back to stress. Okay. So let's talk about the main one, emotional stress, right? So why is this? That's because remember pregnenolone, our mother hormone all the way up there produces cortisol and it also produces progesterone. Your body is always, 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 always trying to keep you alive. Always. So your body's going to prioritize making cortisol, your fight or flight hormone, more than it's going to prioritize making progesterone, which is a sex hormone. Okay. So we have to optimize, regulate, unload our stress bucket. Now, stress can come from so many ways. I think all the time I hear this, people are like, I just have high cortisol. I have high cortisol. It's my stress, right? And then they get a panel done and their cortisol really low and they just don't understand why, or it looks completely normal. And this is, again, reading labs is an art. It is it is a science, but it's an art putting it together. And now we have to look at your DHEA to your cortisol. What are those levels? Have we maybe had chronically high stress for a really long time? And now your body goes, yep, nope, we're not going to keep circulating that. That's not great because cortisol is catabolic, which means it breaks down your body. We need it, you know, it gets you up in the morning, keeps you alive, but we don't want it in excess amounts and your body's smart. So now we have this 
hiccup between your hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal access, and now you aren't producing enough cortisol, right? And so when people automatically think, oh, I just have high cortisol, I am going to take cortisol-lowering supplements, that may not actually be, you know, the issue here, okay? It depends on how long this has been going on. But emotional stress is a big one. Um, and that, you know, you come back to regulating your nervous system. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, stress can come from other areas, though. Stress can come from endocrine disruptors um, because that's literally causing a stress on your body. Your body has to filter out those toxins, um, toxins, just toxins in general. Heavy metals um, are a big one, right? Parasites of stress on your body. Emotional stress, we already talked about that one. Food sensitivities, stress on your body, which again comes back to gut issues because you have food sensitivities because of gut issues. Inflammation, 100%, 100%. And then also think about, do you have maybe an MTHFR gene mutation? No matter, um, you know, what variant you may have of that, you know, that's going to affect how your body detoxes, right? So maybe your toxin intake isn't that high, but if our liver is not keeping up, you know, if we have issues with detoxing and our drainage pathways, you're going to really struggle with that. Okay. So those are some things that you want to look at and you want to see what's going on. And one of the things that I always start with when it comes to this with my clients is HTMA testing. I know I talk about hair tissue mineral analysis all of the time. Um, but when you have implemented the foundations and you have literally done all the things, I have so many clients who've come to me and they've been avid researchers. They're like, literally, they can take an entire, you know, Google Doc and tell me all of the things that they have tried. You know, they have tried everything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's come back to our basics and let's dig in a different direction and a little bit deeper because if you tried all the supplements and you you've tried all the hormone things but when what i love about hair tissue mineral analysis is it's this one test that can guide me in which area we want to go oh wow your body is not regulating and and um, adapting to stress really well oh wow your your thyroid hormone is great but like at a mineral and a cellular level your cells are not utilizing it or your adrenals are not getting the minerals that they need to do their job. Or maybe, you know, your heavy metal exposure and um, what is in your body is just through the roof. You know, there's, it gives us so many different clues on where we need to go. And I, it's that just secret sauce. I love it for that. So that's a great place, you know, to start ditching the toxins, like getting rid of the endocrine disruptors in your house. Um, go back and listen to like the greenwashing um, episode and series that we had and looking for ingredients and download the switch and ditch guide um, and look at the, the ingredients in there that you should avoid. By lowering your toxic intake, you're lowering the stress on your body, right? And then, you know, you can start supporting the drainage pathways of how things get out. Are you pooping? Are you peeing? Are you sweating? Do you have clean water? Do you have a water filter? A Brita water filter is not a good filter. It doesn't filter out anything. Um, we need a whole episode on water. Do you have quality air? Like, have you cleaned your air ducts? Do you have an air purifier? You know, your respiratory, your lungs are another detox pathway. Okay, so these are just some great ways 
to just start and see, you know, how you can support your body, reducing, reducing the toxins, reducing the endocrine disruptors, eating whole foods, cleaning up your water, cleaning up your air, right? Um, supporting those drainage pathways. Are you pooping? Are we peeing? Are we sweating? Right. And then coming back to support the nervous system. Okay. I feel like we have beaten to death how to reduce your stress, right? Go back and listen to the episodes that we have on that. I have one called Heal the Hustle. I have one, um, I think it's called Somatic Therapies with Brittany. I would listen to that one. Um, I want to talk about something else in terms of stress management, and that is finding joy and finding laughter. It's crazy to me how many of us, myself included, I'm raising my hand here, will we just stop doing things that we put in the quote unquote um, unproductive category, right? So that is not productive. It's not in any way, you know, shape or form moving a needle forward in an area. So you go, I'm just not doing that anymore. And that could even be a hobby that you're putting money into, right? And so we stop doing these things. And Laughter is literally food and medicine for your soul, okay, and for your heart and for your body and for your nervous system. So you can literally sit down right now. Well, please don't do this if you're driving. And I want you to write down all the things that you've done in the past that brought you joy and laughter. Is it playing board games? Is it... um? I am totally blanking, you guys. Board games just kind of stuck in my head. Have you guys ever played Catan or Catan? I don't know how you say it, but I love that board game. It is so fun. I am, I'm obsessed. I actually signed up for a, this was a while ago, signed up for a um, game board subscription and it would come once a quarter and they would send you board games that you could have for two players. So my husband and I could play because most board games, are for three or four. And so it wasn't very conducive. So we have tried so many cool board games and found some new favorites. So definitely recommend that you can't play Catan with only two people. That's quite sad. But anyways, um, finding more joy. Uh, maybe you like hiking. Maybe you like, you want to take a cooking class or maybe you, um, really like painting or, drawing, whatever it is, you know, this can be something, you know, that you're paying money for that's a hobby or it can be a free hobby, but find more joy. Even if it's just like doing a dance tutorial on YouTube by yourself and learning something new, or maybe it's, um, watching like hilarious cat videos. I don't know. Caitlin, I like spammed her on TikTok the other day and I sent her probably six videos in a row that made my sides hurt. I was laughing so hard and she's probably like, oh, Leah, this is not funny because everybody's idea of funny is different, but just find things that make you laugh more. Laughter is good. Okay. And it doesn't, you know, if you want to sit and read a fiction book versus a self-development book versus like a book on health, do it, do it, do more things that bring you joy and laughter. Okay. 
So important in the lifestyle support. Um, another lifestyle support. This one's going to sound really weird, you guys, but sleeping in complete darkness. Not like just putting something over your eyes, but literally sleeping in complete darkness. Turn your Wi-Fi off at night. You can get those little outlets with timers. Turn your Wi-Fi off at night. Um, put your phone on airplane mode. Put your phone away from you, out of the room. Use an old-fashioned alarm clock, okay? Very helpful for this, okay? And um, your basics, you know, balance your blood sugar, get in enough protein. <clears throat> Seed cycling, great one to do to support your progesterone. And seed cycling, you can go back and learn about that in an episode and deep dive in there, or you can just take the cliff notes, which is one tablespoon of pumpkin seeds, one tablespoon of flax seeds, um, one tablespoon of each whole organic, um, grind them right before eating them, one tablespoon every single day from period to ovulation, then switch to sesame and sunflower seeds, one tablespoon of each grind um, before eating from ovulation to your period. You guys all know I use Fungit Wellness Seed Cycling Kit. I've been using them for two two and a half years at this point two and a half years it's been a very long time I really really like them um and they're I think they're always linked in the show notes for you but you can use my name Leah 15 to save um money with them but anyways um that's a great way to start if you're like no I don't want to do that you can buy them from your store you guys you can um just buy them whole organic and grind them before eating them and remember that um, they taste better from Funkit Wellness. <laughs> That's just what I've heard from people. Um, but you can 100% buy them from your store. Just please make sure they're whole and organic. Okay. Um, vitamin C retreats that has been proven to help support, um, progesterone production. Vitamin C retreats. Vitamin C is also not a vitamin that you can store. So you do want to be focusing on getting that in every single day. Um, you know, I have a very weird thing to tell you here, but you don't just have to get vitamin C in through citrus. Like kiwi is really high in vitamin C. Red peppers are really high in vitamin C. Don't discount those. Okay. Vitamin E is a- another fabulous one. Um, it's another fabulous support for progesterone production. Guess what has vitamin E in it? Your sesame and sunflower seeds. Um, so vitamin E is another really good one. Potassium rich food. Now I'm going to stress here that I'm saying potassium rich food, not potassium supplement. Okay. Potassium rich food. And, um, you know, what's an amazing source of that? Parsley, um, coconut water, avocados, spinach, um, coconut milk and stinging nettle tea. This is a really gross one, but aloe, aloe, very, very good for your gut and also very high in potassium. Does it taste disgusting? 100% does, but you know, just throw a couple tablespoons in your, in your water in the morning. Um, potassium is your stress mineral, right? So remember we talked about stress and hormones. So definitely coming full circle here. Magnesium is your relaxation mineral. So definitely going to indirectly help your progesterone here because the more you're able to relax, you know, the more your body is able to help regulate stress because magnesium deficiency makes you more susceptible to stress. The more stressed we are, the more um, magnesium gets depleted from inside the cell. So um, magnesium is one I do actually typically recommend for supplementation. <clears throat> And you do have to be careful here. Um, 
with your brands, you want to make sure you're getting one that's low in arsenic, um, you know, third-party tested, and all of those things. Always check with a provider before you're adding in any type of supplementation. Um, I in the show notes there is it's um, get your supplements at a discount at Fullscript. If you um, make a free account there, you'll see. I believe it's on the left. There's all of these quote-unquote protocols. They're not actually protocols. They're just categories for um, different brands for different things that I like. And there's one for magnesium. And another um, vitamin that's really helpful for production of progesterone is vitamin B6. And there is one of the brands of um, magnesium in there. It's I believe it's the Seeking Health one. It's called Magnesium Plus. They have magnesium and they have vitamin B6. So you can kill two birds with one stone in one supplement, which is nice. Um, and the other thing to think about is B vitamins help your absorption of magnesium. So, you know, also killing multiple birds with one stone here. So those are my go-tos um, that are relatively safe. Um, again, always talk to your provider before you um, start supplementing, you know, you have to make sure, you know, what is good for you. I typically use anywhere to like from like three to five milligrams um, or three to five times my body weight in milligrams for magnesium. Um, On the lower end, if you're someone that's really struggling with detoxing um, and again, making sure you're getting in potassium rich food, which is really, 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 really important. Um, not potassium supplement. I, I know I said that before, but I really feel like I need to really, really stress that. Okay. So this is where I would start. This is where I would start with progesterone. Okay. Um, I feel like we might have beaten stress, um, and blood sugar balance, you know, dead in past episodes, but so important. Come back to these basics, you guys. But then, you know, start adding in maybe some other things. If you haven't started removing endocrine disruptors and finding laughter and opening our drainage pathways, and um, <clears throat> maybe those are some supplements you maybe want to add in, or maybe you're like, okay, time for me to dig deeper. I've been doing all these things. Now I need to like, you know, run some testing and um, I want to talk to Leah about that and, you know, put these puzzle pieces together and see what's going on. But this is where I would start. Um, and remember that you can uh, make a difference in your health and you, you're you fully capable of that. And it really just comes down to you um, being consistent, being consistent and trusting your provider and practitioner or whoever you're working with. Um, because then you can really put your all into your protocol and just, you know, trust your process there. So anyways, hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.